Hello, welcome to I Should Say That Out Loud. My name is Donna Brendel and I am your host. This is season two, episode four. And today I'm going to talk about the difficult things that I do in life <laughs> and my mind sh- and the shift I made in my mind <laughs> to get me to that place. What I used to say is that what I used to say to myself all the time when I would volunteer for difficult things, I would say, shoot, now I forgot what I used to say because I don't say it anymore. Oh, I would say, how did I get myself into this? Like I would volunteer to um, speak. I would volunteer to, like I would volunteer to speak a few minutes for a meeting or um, in some situation, or I would volunteer to help out at an event, or I would I'd volunteer for a lot of things, but whatever it was, I would think to myself the next day, well, how did I get myself into that? That's, that's going to be difficult. And then every time I would sign up for something new, the difficulty level just got higher and higher and higher. And, and even though I would question myself every time, I would still sign up for another difficult thing. And it was kind of comical, but at the same time, I, over time, I realized I just do difficult things. And then in the midst of that realization, I took that on as a more positive mindset. It's not like, how did I get myself into this? It's more powerful of, I just do difficult things. And wrapping my brain in my um, gumption around that and just saying, well, I got myself into this, so let's do a good job with it and just going for it. And I've had to kind of learn a lot of things and figure things out along the way because I sign myself up for things I don't even know how to do yet because that's just what I do. I just find a lot of things interesting and I just want to try them. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, like last summer. I can say last summer now because it's January 2023. And last summer, I did a very difficult thing and broke my hip. But anyway, I'll tell you that story another time. I'm good now. I got a replacement. It's healed. It's good. (laughs) I'm not doing that one again. I've learned my lesson there. Anyway, I was not planning to talk about that. What I am planning to talk about is some books that I'm reading, surprise, surprise, um, on the topic of doing difficult things. The first book is called David and Goliath, and it's written by Malcolm Gladwell. It's a very well-known book that a lot of people, I mean, it's a a bestseller, and I'm really enjoying it. It's one of the many books that I'm reading slowly because some books I take a long time to digest. I can't just read cover to cover. That's why I read so many books at a time because a lot of the books that I read are a slower read for me. Anyway, some some people can read through them in a, in a breeze, but not me. I take a long time to read certain books. Some books are quicker, but even the easier to read books to me take longer. I have to stop and digest what I'm reading all the time. And I might be sitting in a room reading and my daughter or someone will say, 
I thought you were reading. What What are you doing? What are you thinking about? Because I'm holding my book still, but I'm looking. I'm just kind of looking into space in the room. <laughs> it's because I'm processing something I've just read. And um, it's an enjoyable process for me to connect with something and and have that time to think about it. Like I've said in a previous episode, I like to think something I do. But anyway, part one of this book starts out by saying that this first section is about the, the advantages of disadvantages and the disadvantages of advantages. And there's a quote from a proverb, Proverbs 13, 7. It says, some pretend to be rich, yet have nothing. Others pretend to be poor, yet have great wealth. So <clears throat> what resonated with me in this book so far, a lot of things, but what I want to point out today is on page 32, in the last sentence, it says, underdog strategies are hard. He talks about underdog strategies in basketball and in warfare and things like that. And um, being a person with autism, I live life as an underdog. I struggle with a lot of daily coping. <clears throat> and I have to, and as an under, underdog, I have to have a different strategy to get through life and succeed in life than a lot of other people do. And then going backwards to page 29, I wanted to look up this word imperturbability. Imperturbability, that's one word. <laughs> Can you believe that? But on page 29, author... Author Mal Malcolm Gladwell says, attitude plays such a big role in this. In, let's see, what is he talking about? Oh, this is uh, one of the coaches that Malcolm is quoting in the book about his basketball strategy. He, he actually used a soccer strategy in the basketball um in the basketball league he was coaching. He says, we followed soccer strategy and practice. I would make them run and run and run on the basketball court. I couldn't teach them skills in that short period of time. And so all we did was make sure they were fit and had some basic understanding of the game, of the game of basketball. And here's the important part. That's why attitude plays such a big role in this, because you're going to get tired. The strategy that he was using was a strategy of fitness over skill. <clears throat> and that really resonates with me because I'm one of my special interests is fitness. I love to work out in the gym. I love to water ski. I love to be fit. I love, I just love to be active and movement helps my brain to process life and how I feel and helps me to release emotions and pent up things that I'm not even aware of. And I don't even um, recognize that I'm struggling with certain things until I get to the gym and then all of a sudden I feel better. 
and I realized, wow, it's been a few days since I was at the gym and some things started to build up. And then movement of my body helps me to release those things. Such a, a huge, important thing for me to realize in these last few years, even though I've been pretty fit and active all my life, I've had a really rough couple of years recently and learning and recognizing how much movement is important for me and healthy for me, not just physically, but also mentally has really given me more, um, more, I guess, gentleness of putting my, I've had a hard time putting myself first all my life in these last few years. I've had to put myself first just to recover from some things and realizing how important movement and fitness is to my mental health and well-being has given me, I guess, permission to put myself first, to go to the gym, to work out, to um, take away the whole vanity idea of why I like to work out so much. It's not about that. It's about my ability to be healthy physically and mentally. So going back to this David and Goliath book, um, going back one more page to page 28. <clears throat> um, this is a story where he's talking about warfare strategies. And he's saying that Lawrence Budowin, not sure how <laughs> to pronounce that, um, but Lawrence of, Lawrence of Olivier, Lawrence Olivier, Lawrence Olivier, um, <clears throat> this person named Lawrence, who was leading an army, um, says, was quite unused to formal warfare. And he assessed the assets of his soldiers and came up with movement, endurance, individual intelligence, and courage. Those were the assets of the, the army that he had um, under his authority to strategize with. And he said of those assets that it's an exhausting strategy because their strategy was to move over a large um, field of land, over a large area of land in a short amount of time to overcome and surprise their opponent. And to move that fast through really treacherous, dangerous land is exhausting and it's deadly. I mean, they lost a few of their soldiers along the way and having, <clears throat> being an underdog is exhausting to begin with, but then in, well, I can't think of the word. Being an underdog to begin with is exhausting, but then using, I'll just use the word using, using a strategy as an underdog to overcome and to compete and to succeed in life just is exhausting because it's always an uphill battle. It's always a harder strategy than someone who's not the underdog. So I really resonated with that. And then I started reading this book called Rising Above a Toxic Workplace by, there's a lot of authors, Gary Chapman, Paul White, and Harold Myra. 
This is what this book looks like. And again, it talks about how life is difficult. <clears throat> On page 17, he quotes from another author, Scott Peck, who wrote the bestseller, The Road Less Traveled. I've heard of that before, but I have not read it. So that's on my list now. <laughs> but I mean, it's a simple quote. Life is difficult. We all know that. But it's more difficult for some people than others. I mean, it's difficult for everyone. I definitely acknowledge that. But then he gives some sur survival strategies that I really resonated with on page 26. And the first one is to listen to your body, which again... I just talked about um, from the David and Goliath book, movement is such a powerful way for me to, to stay healthy physically and mentally. And listening to your body is, is along those same lines of moving your body and keeping your body healthy and fit. But it's more about being in tune with your body and listening, not with your ears, but with your sensory uh, emotions, how your emotions connect to your body. Um, so like if you get a stomach ache or butterflies in your stomach over a situation, or if your neck tightens because you're about to cry, or if you get a headache because there's just so much overwhelming stimulation, or if your feet or hands get numb for whatever reason, maybe you're just clenched so tight and uh, the blood's not circulating and you have some numbing sensations. All these things are ways to start to pay attention, not only to how your body is feeling, but why and what you're experiencing in the moment that's causing those bodily sensations. And this is um, something that's taken me a long time, many, many years to wrap my brain around, but also to understand how my body's feeling and and then why the why on top of it my body's feeling this way why what was happening i had to learn to not only pay attention to how my body felt but pay attention in the moment because the moment is when the thing is happening that caused your body to feel that way so if you don't think about the why of why your body feels that way in the moment the, the little things that are happening, won't you might not remember them if you're thinking about them later in the day or the next day or weeks later. So learning to pay attention, <clears throat> excuse me, learning to listen to your body in the moment and connect the feelings with what's happening and the body sensation with the brain sensation and the emotion sensation. And then to put words to all of that on top of that, that's another layer takes a really long time and a lot of practice and a lot of conscious thought and maybe journaling and writing to start to understand patterns and put words to the feelings and the sensations and the patterns. It's not an overnight thing. It definitely takes time and practice and conscious doing of it. And then talking to people about it too, because if we don't talk about it, we have our thoughts and ideas in our head, but when you bounce those ideas off of someone else, they can help you with the, the formation of the words that connect to the feelings. 
and they can maybe even help you see what was happening in the moment that you maybe missed or it's just so normal something that happens all the time that you don't realize is something to pay attention to something that is causing your sensations um, the second survival strategy is gaining perspective so again just like i just said so like i just said talking about people with how you're feeling can help you to gain perspective instead of keeping the thoughts inside and i know how hard this is um just my quote up there uh, i should say that out loud you know i have all these thoughts and i have kept them in my head for so long and i wouldn't get any perspective of other people to help me figure things out and my new strategy is i think it i say it out loud and then who knows i don't know but i'm gonna try and then i will get that bounced back response and perspective from someone else it's um uh, it's scary it is very scary uh, it's less scary each time that i do it but it is still scary um but i encourage you to keep keep trying <laughs> the third um survival strategy he lists here is face your fears <laughs> Yes, face your fears. It's scary to talk to people about how how you feel inside, physically and emotionally and whatever it is that you're struggling with in life. It's scary and hard to talk to people about it. But um, it also doesn't have to be a perfect conversation or even one conversation. I've learned recently, I've started a very difficult conversation with um, some coworkers and it was really awkward and did not go how I expected or wanted, but it's, but it started something and it, it was good to start something, <laughs> even though it didn't feel like it was going well, because a few weeks later or a month later, we had another conversation. And because of the first awkward conversation, this second conversation was much fuller and much more clear and I could see light bulbs going off and I realized oh my gosh I'm getting through now like I'm I'm finally being able to verbalize what I wasn't able to verbalize before but I also needed to hear how they responded to my first attempt at verbalizing to realize that I didn't communicate it so well <laughs> as well as I thought I did and I needed to clarify some things and just say more words <laughs> to get my um, my feelings across. And it worked. And it's not perfect yet, but I can tell now that the conversation is in motion and that there will be more conversation and that it, it's only going to get better. It's a it's an unmarked journey. It's a... Um, a week or two ago, I talked about expecting surprises. I expect surprises now as this conversation continues. And I expect positive surprises because, like I said, I like to keep keep it a positive mindset about all of the things that are happening in life and that I'm undertaking and trying to do. Whether Whether I get good surprises or not, that's not up to me. That's out of my control but I can still have a positive mindset as I approach those things. 
And the fourth survival strategy <clears throat> in this book about rising above a toxic workplace is to stand tall. <clears throat> I need my glasses for this one. Um, the fourth survival strategy is to stand tall. And it, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Even if you're struggling, whether it's at work or in your family or with friends or with a hobby, listen to your body, <laughs> gain perspective by talking to people about it, face your fears to have that conversation and talk to people about it. And then no matter what happens, stand tall because the rest is out of our control. All that we can do is pay attention to ourselves, express and get better each time at expressing how we feel and what we're seeing and what we're struggling with. Listen to the responses. We don't have to take their responses as truth, as right or wrong, but we can hear how we're communicating or where we're communicating well and where we're not communicating well. And we can hear where we can improve on our communication. And it, and that might take some time and introspection too. Um, I, I need more thought process to think about the next steps of this conversation at my workplace. I know that and I'm okay with that. And, and my coworkers also no, now know that and are okay with that, that I, knowing that I need time to think about it and process my thoughts and put some things down on paper because I do better on paper before I'm able to be verbal. And just getting to know each other in this way is helping me to stand tall, so much taller than I was before. And it's well worth the effort and the, the strategy of the underdog. It's difficult. It's exhausting. It's time consuming. It's, but it's important. It's, it's valuable and it's worthwhile and you deserve, <clears throat> you deserve to fight for yourself and to be fought for by the people who care for you. So even though it's hard, don't lose heart, keep going, keep fighting, keep moving, keep paying attention to your body, F keep Keep facing your fears and talking to people about how you feel and what your struggles are. And then stand tall and stand taller and taller. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please hit the subscribe button so that you can find out when I have another episode ready and available to listen to, and share them with your friends and family. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.